1: You're listening to The Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to Chapter 66 of The Corona Diaries. You paused in the
0: middle, didn't you? We weren't sure where you were there.
1: From... I, I, I could have been any any number of places, <coughs> Chapter... but I was here. Are we here again?
0: <laughs> 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 Did I ever tell you about the? She must be. F- f- f-. Uh, I was once <laughs> was, was once um, was w- w- once in bed with a netter watching the telly.
1: <laughs> Rock and roll. Um, <laughs>
0: there was a woman. There was a woman who was a free diver on the telly, right. um, and uh, she was free diving off this boat and going down. and was on the telly, and she comes up. She takes her mask off, and I look at her and I go, um, and, and I say without really thinking, "Well, she's no, but you know, I was expecting a young woman." I said, "Well, she's no spring chicken. She must be at least." F-. And as I got to, "foof." F- I realised that Lynetta was over 40. Um, And I I, (laughs) said, she must be at least... And Lynetta went, what are you going to say? I went, "Uh, 50, she must be at least 50. She said, you were going to say 40, weren't you? I said, well, I was honestly... yeah." Anyway, we can edit all this out. Oh, no, I think you should leave that in. I
1: think think you should leave that in.
0: (laughs) So she must be at least... Has become a bit of a...
1: A thing, thing in your that we Say
0: occasionally, yeah.
1: Right. On the subject of all the halves, it's my wedding anniversary today. Oh, well done! I mean, uh, I mean, congratulations. <laughs> no, I'll go with the first one. Um, uh, twenty-four, twenty-four years. Twenty-four years. Oh. Yeah. I'd say congratulations to Alison, but like Lynetta, she just doesn't listen to this, so there's no point. No. Well,
0: congratulations. Thank you anyway, darling. Thank
1: you. That's very kind yeah. of you. Very kind of you. Um, <laughs> A bit of housekeeping from last week, uh, just a couple of little bits. Um, Sarah Golden um reckons that there's a large proportion of Jewish people live in Brooklyn. You know, wow. we were speculating on the demographic.
0: Right. Um, so
1: it's a bit
0: more IV than I asked you yeah, already.
1: A bit more of that, yes. Right. Um, and, and while we're on the subject, uh, Sarah... Um, I hope she's got a broken arm. She 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 tripped over and broke her arm. She got a purple cast actually. Oh, you know oh, that, Good girl. I mean, it's not a cast anymore, but a kind of weird, fabricy gauze thing that they put on top now.
0: Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's is purple, I think. Um, so get well, get well soon, and thanks for that. Um, though Rich Hendricks came on and said that actually uh, it's a complete diverse makeup in both Brooklyn and New Jersey, so it's just been a bit stereotyped. So actually, you'll find lots of different people, as you'd probably expect. But mm. it's it's just mm. it's just good, good form to say it's uh, Italians in those. So there we are. Um, well, I'm, Darren, I, I'm just going to ask for forgiveness.
0: Anybody listening over in New Jersey, uh, forgive me, I'm a are I
1: think to do sing uh, it. We don't even need to call <clears throat> out specifics, do we? Anybody listening, we're just going to ask forgiveness. <clears throat> yes. Generally. Yes. Yes. Um Darren, I think it's Bullo, Bullough, B U L L O U G H.
0: Could be Bullock, that, couldn't it or Bullough or Bullo, or
1: Bola <laughs> or. Anyway, Darren, <laughs> the small studio used to be known as Soul Mill Studio B. And it was originally I... set up to convert Elton's albums to quad, whatever that means.
0: Yeah. Quadraphonic. Um, ah, sound four right, stickers okay. and all of
1: that mm-hmm. um, he was there for the week before you were there for Ice Cream Genius and begged yeah. Stuart to let him be the tape op for the sessions and mm-hmm. here's a fun fact he sent the, the AKG C12 mic that you use for the vocals was once used by David Bowie incredible there we are if I um, had known
0: that what would I have done? well I'd have struck a pose that's for sure
1: did you not strike a pose Probably. Yeah. Okay. Relieved. I'm getting a bit worried probably. for a second. I probably um, struck
0: a bowie, bowies anyway, for good measure.
1: Because it was a Monday. Album. Not a bad idea. Um, he doesn't think the studio was ever used on an album cover, but it was used in the video for Bill Wyman's Je suis un Rockstar. Ah.
0: Yes. So, I met her in Trafalgar Square. She was sitting yes. in the fountain. Yes. She took off her hat. She had lovely hair. She said she'd been a dancer at the Copacabana there. Yeah. Yeah. Swiss and rock stars, Je vais un résidence. Je habite là, à la south yeah. of France. Voulez-vous coucher with me? And come and rest là, with me in France. Great
1: song. Anyway, video, video was recorded at Soul Mill, so there we are. And then finally, Adam Burton nearly bid on an eBay auction for some sealed, though marked as vintage, Holstons Z14 talc. <laughs> what well,
0: he nearly did.
1: Nearly did, but right. he got a little bit concerned at the end and didn't bother. And Julie Hanlon, friend of the podcast, um, also nearly did the same. I, mean, I can only assume on the same auction. I can't believe there are hundreds of them.
0: Right. Well, I'm not sure that you should be writing to people telling them about things that you nearly did. Right, I don't think nearly did good enough.
1: Ooh, personally, admonishment from H this morning, <laughs> listeners. Uh, Adam and Julie, consider yourselves. <laughs> I'd just like to tell
0: you about things I nearly did. Yes, and, I mean <laughs> hello. <laughs>
1: There's been some things you have done. Either do them or don't do them. Don't, don't nearly do them. No, there's been some things you have done that perhaps you probably should have nearly did.
0: I suppose a few windows I've nearly jumped out of. Do I count?
1: I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> on, to the real, on to the real deal, on to 66. And, and I've been pondering on 1996 again. Because obviously yes. we started that last week, and it—I nearly said last year. It feels like last year. We started that last week, and it all went a bit kind of wobbly in the middle, Oh, yes. and and we got a little bit confused. But and then somebody had mentioned that they thought that the timings were out, but actually all those things that I said happened in '96 did happen. The TSC wasn't actually released. It wasn't. Now the TSC or ISG were actually released until early '97, but they were both recorded. Mm. In ninety six. You finished ICG um late late summer and um TSE was finally finished and mixed in November. Was it so, so oh, the, the things did happen, but the thing at the beginning of the year that we didn't really talk about that much, made again that that live album came out, the last album kind of that helped get rid of EMI and 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 pay that five album debt or hope to pay some of the debt off. Um mm. but you did a mini tour. Didn't in April. Move. And and that's what the dates in the diary are all about. Ah, the mini tour. The mini tour. Mm. So you went to Utrecht, I believe. And we will get to this at the diary at some point down the line, but I don't know what episode that will be. So what do you, do you remember any of the conversations about Made Again as a thing? Did it just happen in the background? Were you that closely involved in it? <sighs>
0: I don't really get too closely involved in any of those um, life things. Because um, that to was think. your first did, one in the band. I all, remember all the conversations about it and seeing the album cover for the first time with the four squares on it and thinking, oh, that's quite interesting, that's a bit different. Um, and A guy called Hugh Gilmore used to work um, at, Castle. He was their sort of in-house sort of artist, the graphics. And I think he put that album cover together. But now, weirdly, after all of these years, Hugh is now um, working at Warner Brothers and, and we talked to him when we're doing, we've been doing um, remix projects mm. uh, for, you know, Parlophone Warner and mm. because we, they've moved us to Parlophone now. Um, and we, so I still speak to Hugh. He's still sort of, you know, our—he's um, one of the people, one of our, our, our uh, what would you call them? Key, key chaps. Yeah. Um, at um, EMI, Stroke, Parlophone, Stroke, Warner's, Stroke, Disney, Stroke, fucking Gordon's Gin, Stroke, Coca-Cola, <laughs> or. Uh,
1: Stroke, Elman's mayonnaise.
0: Stroke Amazon. <laughs> yeah. It's all going to end up there in the Stro- end, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or whoever owns us now, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's a, he's a good chap. Mm. He's a nice fellow. Mm. And he, he was involved in that. I, so I remember that. I remember, I didn't really remember, but thanks to talking to you, uh, I I remember that, you know, that Made Again was from the from Galles. Uh, you know, was the gig that Dave Megan recorded. Yeah, the Brave gig. Uh, uh, over those three, I think, gal shows. Um, and I think we had a, did we add something else to it? I think it, it was a single album on one of the labels and a double album on the other, Oh, right. Okay, well, it was a, the,
1: the version I've got so the double. I, I got the EMI version, obviously, with it being okay. UK. I so I
0: I, that might not be true. I might have made that up or dreamt it.
1: Well, Brave's on it. Brave's on it in its entirety, so one of the discs mm. is Brave and then the other disc is a mixture of se- um, Seasons, Holidays and um, AOS oh. in terms of the track the track listing. Right. Uh, and it's obviously your first live album, um, official release live album, because obviously there were some racket releases, um, but it was your first official live album release with the band, wasn't yeah. it? Um. it was was, we, we, was no. Racket already releasing stuff back then. No, Maybe but Ra- I, th- I don't. Well, I don't know if Racket was. That's a good question. Actually, I'm not sure because I bought one of the first two or three um from Racket. So I'd have to check back on the dates on those. But there's, there's definitely Racket albums that go back to that sort of time. I think, or Racket releases that go back to that sort of time. Um, I think the first one I got was Live in Caracas. Is that right?
0: That sounds. That sounds credible. Yeah, Yeah, we were always so heavily bootlegged, you know, there was always somebody in the crowd with a cassette machine in their duffel coat pocket Um, and so all of these bootlegs would be available in Camden, you know, on dodgy stalls in Camden that sounded like hell in a bag Mm. and it occurred to us one day, well, if... If we're gonna be bootlegged to this extent, we might as well bootleg ourselves, and at least have one eye on the, on the on the, you know on the level of 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 the quality. So I think that's how we started with the whole, the whole racket thing, and then we started the front row club where you'd get yes, where you'd get bootlegs if you belonged to the club and all of that. And, um, we don't we haven't got that anymore, have we? I really I, beginning.
1: Do you know what? I, I, that's a good question because I don't know. I was just quickly looking on .com and Live at the Borderline was the first one and it came out in 92.
0: Right. And you were at that, you said, didn't you? I was
1: at that gig, yes. Yeah, uh, it was the, it was the It was the fan... Um, no, I, oh, was I at that one? Yes, I was because that was the 10th anniversary one. I was at that gig as well. Uh, I went mm. to two at the Borderline and I, went, and I was certainly at that one. And then... Caracas came out in ninety. Oh, hang on, 90, 93. So, mm. live in Caracas uh, live album again on Racket out in ninety three. So, so Racket was kicking out releases from ninety two onwards. Hmm. Um, so long. So early then, TV. really early. Yeah,
0: not before that.
1: Um, and then, oh, obviously, man. Made Again comes out in. Um, 96 as the only thing that actually came out in 96 of so the other albums being worked on right. and it was recorded in 91, 94 and 95. Right. Good so luck. it's not season's end tour. It's holidays tour. It's brave tour and it's AOS hmm. tour.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, with I'll give you some, I'll give you some places. Uh, 29th of oh, September, yeah. London Hammersmith Odeon for the splintering heart bits Right. Um, La and they're saying it was from 29th of April, 94, and September, 95, from Rotterdam for the, um, the AOS. And the way it worked, um, it opens with Splintering Hearts. It opens with um, the stuff from uh, Hammersmith Odeon, and then it finishes with um, beautiful Kaylee Lavender, uh, AOS and King. So it finishes, obviously, with bits from the... Uh, in fact, it, it, it starts, actually, I think the, the split is at the end of the space because then it goes, Hook's in you, beautiful, Kaylee, Lavender, AOS and King, which would feel like probably... We know those tracks were on um, the AOS dates. So there mm. we are.
0: There we are. Yeah, that would have been that sports palace. The Ahoy Sports Palace, I think, that would have yeah. been in Rotterdam. Bit of a cave. And it oh, was I it,
1: it was different artwork wasn't it when you look back it was quite it was very simple and
0: very classy mm. actually the
1: artwork for made again yeah it's
0: classy i thought so when when i first saw it
1: yeah so the small talk to support that but in reality those things it just kind of happened a bit around you you saw bits of artwork
0: yeah um i remember a very dodgy photo session in a park in Hammersmith opposite castles building i think we just went across the street was was it hugh or was it carl glover might just have been Hugh. actually just went across the street and he took some photographs and that was that um maybe we put one of those in there i can't remember or maybe that was just a promo shot to go with the the album um apart from that i don't remember much Mm. really um, I'd probably got my head very in in you know having recorded Ice Cream Genius and recorded probably written and recorded much of TSE that year. My head was probably full. Mm-hmm. Um, well, without worrying too much about live albums.
1: No, I, from what I've I've gleaned from John's separated out book, I think you were doing... You broke um, from ICG to go and do the mini-tour for Made Again.
0: Right. I just can't remember. You just can't remember?
1: I just no. cannot remember that. No, it was all so long ago. No. It's
0: just Welcome to the old people's home. <laughs> do you know who I am? No, but if you ask Matron, she'll tell you. That one... <laughs>
1: Well, we've we've definitely talked a lot about Ice Cream Genius, so we don't need to we don't need to necessarily do much more on that. So made uh, made again happens there. It's put together. It appears. It's a thing. You do a few dates to support it. I think Rovers has pretty much tied up the Wishing Tree album as well at the right. same sort of time. And then you come back, and it looks like then that's the the bit in time when you you come back and you you start work on TSE.
0: Right. So. I remember doing all those vocals on the end of, uh, you know, all the Crimey River, stone to the Parthenon, on the end of
1: Man of a thousand, thousand
0: Faces. faces. Um, I did all those at home on a little multi-track that I'd bought. I bought a little eight-track, hmm. and I, uh, I've. I did all those vocals at home one day just for the crack, and uh, said, "What do you think of this?" And everybody liked it. So then um, we lived we lived right right around the corner from a um, primary school that Sophie and Nile were at at the time. So I went round, so I went round and had a chat with the headmaster and said, "Can I get all the kids to sing on our new album?" So he we went, "Oh yeah, great." So we had all them singing, mm. you know, as well. Yeah, yeah. and there's always one that goes rrr, 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 throughout, you know, just going, what are we going to do about that one without upsetting it? Um, each Just move slightly further away. That's better, back a bit, back a bit. Oh, that's perfect there. Yeah, you sound there great. Bit, there, was, <laughs> there was a bit of that going on. <laughs> uh, He's uh-huh. in the stone, cry me a river. Yeah, so Adam doing all of that, and then it took me and Stuart about a, about a week to cl- clean it all up, and you know, so it didn't sound awful. Mm. Um, but we got there, you know, and got the kids on there. I wanted, the, I wanted to try and create that feeling of the whole world singing. Mm. Um, so we lashed, we lashed, uh, we lashed the kids on, and lots of different people to sing on it. In the
1: end, in the end. So were Sophie and Nile on it as well then? Are they mixed in?
0: They may well be, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Sophie's on a few of the records actually, the various different stages of her life. Mm. She says, What a brave, brave girl, I think, in uh, in Brave. And Mark's kids are on there going, Girly Willy Whispers, da-da-da-da-da. um, and Niall is just crying. He's a, he was a, the baby cry on the front is is Nile because he was he was just a you know he, he was only a few weeks old I think at that point. So the baby cry is Niall and what a brave brave girl is, is Sophie. And then later on, um, she sang BVs on all sorts of things. So she's she's a good singer. She's hmm. Miss Miss One Take. She just rocks up, sticks the cans on, does it in a take and goes. And I I don't do that. I can't do that. So uh, I was thinking, well, bloody hell, it's marvellous, isn't it? Um, So she's very good. (laughs) She's sang on quite a few things, little BVs here and there.
1: Do you know what? I don't see you doing things in one take. I don't see you doing things with a minimum of fuss somehow. I don't know why. (laughs)
0: Perfectionist, too,
1: is it? <laughs> <In> it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was, I was going to ask you about the, the 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 school, but you've you've got you beat me to it. But that's, yeah, yeah, because I always liked that on that. It works really well, actually, on thousand faces. Yeah, really, really
0: yeah, it well. Was, it was, it was great. I was entirely my baby that that whole end section. And when we do it live now, we've got it all in the samplers. Yeah. And- just yeah, kicks it yeah, all in; it's all triggered. But I sing along to it.
1: So, in in the book, John um, mentions that you're you're doing ICG. Brothers is doing uh, Wishing Tree, um, and Pete, Mark, and Ian spend some time going through uh, leftovers from AOS and doing bits of right. writing and bits of cobbling around and bits of jamming and what have you, uh, which they do for a period of time while 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 the other two of you are are getting on with your thing. And then you regroup as a unit and you actually kind of regroup over the mini tour and then work your way back into starting some TSE, at which point you pretty much reject everything they've done.
0: I kind of did, I think, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I I can't remember it, but I obviously didn't like
1: it. So the only thing that really carries forward from... He's 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 accidental man, isn't
0: it? I mean, I, I think to say I rejected it is probably a bit sounds a little bit dictatorial, which which, which it won't have been. It's just that if 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 I can't sing on something or I haven't got anything, I think I can hang on it. Then then it doesn't yeah. get used, you know. And that's so. I will do my best. It's not like I just listen to something. And go, oh, I don't like any of that. You know that's going in the bin for a kickoff. <laughs> Leave it with me; I'll write something better. <laughs> it's it's not like that. <laughs> it's just that I I think I couldn't you know over time I couldn't uh, I couldn't think of anything to do with with it, mm-hmm. and so it it I don't think that a lot of that really came to anything. Um. We did write Thousand Faces together in the room, just jamming, I think. Um, um, I can't remember what happened. I remember arranging a lot of this strange engine myself in the room. Um, and, you know, they'd done like boom, doodle boom, doo-doo-doo. And I thought, well, I could sing over that. I'd got all these words because I'd written all of that out. Uh, as a poem, really, for my dad, and um, so I'd got all of those words, and, da, 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 and ever since I was a boy, it, it it sort of seemed to write itself in the room, and I just I just picked all the bits that worked, and mm-hmm. you know we said, oh, it, oh, it needs to go from this to this, and then this bit here, um, you know, I can. This sounds really to me it sounds sort of weirdly nautical so we'll have a, we'll have you know his father on the other side of the world and all of that across this um and uh, it just sort of wrote itself that 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 song it seemed to you know i was very much in charge of that of putting that together in the room at the time from what the band were were jamming mm. um uh, what else is on there? Oh, Hope for the Future. Hope for the Future. That, isn't it? Yeah, well, Ian used to play this sort of samba rhythm. Boom, 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 um And um, Helmer had sent these mad words through uh, Rosicrucian popes and God knows what. <laughs>
1: It's a, it's a fairly dense old lyric that one
0: it's a strange lyric i've been feeling kind of down and loose like a Rosicrucian pope I think Oof, pick the bones out of that yeah um so I thought it might be quite cool to marry this really strange lyric with this really straight ahead you know like a Latin American pop song um I thought you know I, I think I was channeling the talking heads mm um because because dave uh you know he's very influenced by those them lat them latin rhythms and i thought that'd be great and, and uh i love it i think it's brilliant i know it's not everybody's cup of tea. no i think
1: it's fantastic we've i mean we've talked about this many times but i think it's i just think it's great
0: Lucy loves it, yeah, so you know for everyone you meet they absolutely can't stand it, yeah. um, which is probably half of the band. Uh, you meet people who love it as
1: well, so two of you hate it, two of you like it, and one of you's in two minds,
0: probably, yeah, yeah, as a rule, but yeah. I think you can apply that to everything, not just hope for the future i
1: think I think whether you like the whether you like the vibe of the song, and whether you think that well, it just doesn't sound like a Marillion song, so therefore I can't like it. I mean, and, and some people might feel like that. I don't know, but it's it's a it's a fantastic arrangement, and it's a fantastic piece of production. It, it sounds really, really great. Does it? Oh, really I have to go great. back to it because I very rarely
0: listen to any of our stuff.
1: But maybe I'll go back. The to whole arrangement the and everything, and where it all sits, and, and how it all goes on and floats over you, and I think it's, I think it's really, really, you know, really interesting. Mm. Uh, and then just explodes at the chorus because it does really explode. Yeah, There's a no, real it's lift thing. Good thing. Because uh, obviously, you don't like,
0: if you're out there and you don't like it, that's because you're wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for most people, TSE—they think about Thousand Faces. They think about Estonia, and they think about TSE. Mm, for a lot of people, Estonia, yeah. Um, you know, but there's eighty days on there, and there's one fine mm. day on there.
0: Yeah, one fine day is fantastic. That's that's one of the best things we've ever done. Mm. I think. I mean, I think that's just such a beautiful song, and so uh, it's sort of. It's an evergreen, in, in, you know, in, in its meaning. Mm. Um, you know, about that, being idealistic, about being changing the world when you're young and then getting old and realising nothing much has really changed. But then maybe it does, you know. Maybe, maybe the world is changing for the better. You know, with each passing year, people who've been... Um, excluded from society and derided are being given more and more respect and I know we've still got a long way to go but there is a lot that that it that is getting better I think in the world I think you know there's there's fewer people starving to death there are fewer wars even though you don't really feel like there are you know there's advances in medical science I mean I think in amongst all of this dreadful news we've had over the last year or so, I, I think somebody quietly invented a cure for dengue fever. You know, so massive, massive pieces of good news. Mm. were almost lost in the melee of pandemic and Brexit and...
1: I was listening to something the other day, which said that Bill Gates and a couple of others have bought one of the companies that make lateral flow tests because they reckon they can deploy them for all manner of of viruses to help detect yeah. viruses a lot quicker. Uh, and they it, think it'll yeah. be an absolute game changer for a lot of this, uh, you know, particularly in, in in Africa and places like that where they can. It's a really easy way of very quickly being being able to you know establish something and outbreaks and and deal with them far quicker so
0: it's incredible and massive kudos really to Bill Gates for what he's doing in the world you know he's found himself in a strange position of being one of the richest men in the world at one point you know I know there was a point not that long ago when he was he was richer than Napoleon was after Napoleon had conquered Europe Mm. I remember I remember hearing that fact and almost falling over at the thought of it and then to do so much good in the world off the back of that i don't see the managing director of apple doing that kind of stuff no you know it's about time he got got on it you know because uh, the, there are some phenomenally rich people out there i, I, I do hope they're um they're trying to make the world a better place instead of just sailing around on yachts and having expensive weddings.
1: Flying into space? Yeah. Wankers. Anyway, let's head to a bit of diary. We've got a long section of diary this week um, because we want to finish off the American leg of the AOS tour. Um, so, well, um, well, it's America and a bit of Canada as well, isn't it? It kind of flits in between. Mm. So we'll, we'll yes. do that. Um, to prepare ourselves for the heady heights of uh, of Wolverhampton next week, so um, I'll let you I'll let you crack on because it's quite a mammoth sesh this one.
0: It is. There's quite a lot of diary coming up, but including a, a show at the fantastic Spectrum in Montreal, which sadly isn't there anymore. But uh, they were some of the best nights of my life in 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 that place. Incredible. Um. And the end-of-tour show in Poughkeepsie in New York State. That was an amazing gig. That was tiny, but incredible. So two absolute crackers uh, of shows um, and a lot of interesting other things going on.
1: Indeed. Indeed. Well, Well, go on then, transporters.
0: Let me take you first to uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan hometown of my good friend, Janet Anderson. Monday, 14th of August, Grand Rapids, The Orbit Room. For some reason, probably the process of adjustment to the new bus I didn't sleep terribly well And when new bus driver Dave roused us at 8.30 To say we were at the hotel in Grand Rapids i had only just got to sleep I directed all my attentions to trying to check into the hotel Find my room and go back to bed without waking up A frequently practised art when touring Unfortunately, the reception staff at the Holiday Inn were brain-dead and, after waiting half an hour in reception, Steve Rothery and I were given a room to share. We trudged along the corridor like zombies with luggage to discover the room was already occupied. Steve went back down in the lift while I lay face down into the corridor carpet, causing some consternation among passing guests who, I think, assumed I was the victim of some kind of attack. We eventually occupied an empty twin room and went to bed. I slept until around 12 and then got up and wandered over to the gig, which was round the back of the hotel. At reception, I bumped into Judy from IRS Records, who accompanied me over to the Orbit Room. It's the same venue as we've played before. It used to be called the Club Eastbrook. When we got over there, I learnt that Wes had lost his guitar. It was last seen leaning up against the wall of the Newport Music Theatre in Columbus, but it wasn't in the truck this morning. It's a beautiful and rare Takamini Santa Fe, and it's not insured. He called Columbus, but they don't have it. It's almost certainly been stolen. Tonight he will use one of Steve's. What a terrible shame. Wes has worked really hard on this tour, and has had to swallow an entire bakery of humble pie looking after our guitars. Asking Wes to look after my Red Strat is comparable to asking Franz Klammer to look after Eddie the Eagle's skis. I'm more than a little aware of the irony Wes must feel every time he passes a guitar to me, and now he's lost his own instrument. Not fair. But then, what is? I didn't have the heart to remind him about the pink Telecaster so I mentioned it to Tim and left Wes to his work while Judy accompanied me across the street to Friday's Burger Place for a spot of breakfast. We chatted for some time and I called the hotel to invite the boys over for lunch before we had to drive into town for a live radio performance on acoustic guitars. It went okay We hadn't rehearsed so there were a couple of interesting chords in there and it was much too early in the day for me to hit any high notes but these things are all about spirit and a sense of occasion in doing something different, so everyone seemed happy. Pete, Steve and I met up with Ian and Mark at a record store to sign sleeves for the 50 or so people gathered there before returning to the orbit room for sound check. Priv had returned from his lightning trip to Europe and was in good spirits, despite being exhausted from the journey. So Mike was to mix tonight's show. This is one of those rooms that completely changes from cavernous echoes at soundcheck to studio dead when the audience are in. Tonight was no exception. We hadn't any side fills, and the stage sound was very isolated. I returned to the hotel and floated around in the pool and poolside jacuzzi for half an hour before returning to the show. We were taken in the back way through a laundrette and I was reminded of the man from UNCLE. Napoleon Solo and Ilya Kuriakin used to enter the secret nerve centre through a curtained lift at the rear of a dry cleaners. The show was a disappointment for me on a number of levels. The audience was somewhat smaller than I remembered last time my sound was dry and lifeless and, worst of all, my voices finally started to succumb to the rigours of the schedule and was hoarse and patchy. I'd lost falsetto completely and there were areas of my normal range that just weren't there to be had. I could tell that while Mike was doing his best out front, he wasn't sufficiently familiar with the set to do a comparable job to Priv, who tonight was simply a spectator. I cancelled the first encore and removed the uninvited guest from the second encore. I physically couldn't have sung it. After the show, there was a meet and greet on the balcony. I said hello to Aris Hampers, the DJ responsible for our fame here, who lamented the fact that we didn't have a day off in Grand Rapids to socialise. Everyone said the show was great and that I was singing well. I seemed to get away with murder. Thursday, 17th of August. Montreal, Le Spectrum. I felt the bus stop in the darkness and wondered once more where we were. Drifted back into sleep and was woken by Tim saying I could check into the hotel. Decided not to bother and stayed on the bus, remembering that the spectrum is in the centre of everything and not knowing where the hotel might be. I remained in my bunk for an hour or so and then entered the venue. It was around 11am, but there were already a handful of kids waiting outside the venue. A Venezuelan girl pleaded with me to come back to Caracas. If only these decisions were that simple. It's strange when people ask you why you don't do things that you passionately would like to do. It's difficult to come up with any answers. The crew were busy assembling the back line on the stage. Le Spectrum is a large club, well suited to live music, well maintained and staffed by professionals. Everyone was pleasant and helpful and I was shown downstairs to the production office to use the phone. There's some problem or other paying for the new guitar so I had to get on the phone myself and sort it out. They'll have it freighted to the hotel in Poughkeepsie for the last show of the tour. I helped myself to coffee made myself a a roll and went back up on stage to talk to Mark about the set. I would like to recite the French surf babe speech before Beautiful tonight, so I asked him to recreate the flutes which accompany it. I was planning to ask some of the kids from the line outside to write it down for me. We are, of course, in the French-speaking part of Canada now, and I know they'll appreciate my making the effort. I've been having trouble hearing the keyboard line that I play in Easter lately, so I spent some time reprogramming that. I took a walk along Rue and Catherine and mooched about in and out of the second-hand shops, looking at guitars, CD players and old watches. Even I am not naive enough to buy a second-hand CD player from a shop on the other side of the world from me. I returned to Le Spectrum, stopping outside once again to be photographed and to scribble autographs. I'm sure I've signed more record sleeves than we've officially sold. There must be only a handful of season's end sleeves on earth without my scrawl on them. I spent the rest of the day hanging around in the hall, listening to Privy queuing the PA and shuffling around to the music. Soundcheck took a while, but it was all sounding pretty good from where I was standing. I had to be careful with my voice, which is sounding a little cleaner today, although my throat is now hurting. After soundcheck, I walked back a couple of blocks with Steve R to the Intercontinental Hotel. When I got up to my room, Mark had beaten me to it. We were supposed to be sharing a twin room, but they'd given us a double. Much as I love Mad Jack, I wasn't going to sleep with him, so I walked back to the Spectrum and got on the bus to snooze for half an hour, muttering to myself about having been inconvenienced. It sounds petty, doesn't it? But at this stage in the day, any energy I expel has to be deducted from available energy for the show. I returned to the bus, which was parked at the front of Le Spectrum. By now there were a lot of people making their way into the show and I was immediately recognised, but I managed to board the bus without being detained. I slept for half an hour and then made my way back round to the rear of the building to the dressing room. I was feeling less than ready for the show, so I decided to have a shower to wake myself up. The band hadn't arrived back from the Intercontinental, so I had the dressing room to myself. I dried off and helped myself to a beer from the tray of iced beers in the corner before starting the search for my stage trousers, a nightly ritual." We haven't got a wardrobe person with us in America so there's always an element of uncertainty when it comes to gathering together clothes for the show. By now the band had returned so chaos reigned in the dressing room while the five of us tried to locate clothes and prepare ourselves for the forthcoming gig. When we finally made it onto the stage it became immediately apparent that this was to be a special evening. There was a great atmosphere in the crowd, which the whole band was feeding off, spiralling up during the show to something really electric. By the end of the set, the response was deafening and similar to some of the rare French shows from the past. We gave our usual two encores and returned upstairs to the dressing room, listening to the entire building pulsating to crowd noise. We returned to the stage once more to play Made Again. I thanked the crowd for the best show of the tour so far and said goodnight. Ten minutes later, with the house lights on and the stage equipment partially dismantled, there was no let-up in the crowd noise, so we felt obliged to do something else. The keyboards were already down and the monitors no longer connected, so Steve played acoustic guitar and I sang Hide Your Love Away, a John Lennon song. As we finished and the hall once more erupted... I was moved to climb into the crowd. I lay down on the uplifted hands, something I've never done, and felt myself floating as I was passed around on a moving carpet of arms. It's a great feeling, a combination of trust, respect and of strength in numbers of like-minded people. When I arrived back at the stage, I waved goodbye once more and we returned again to the dressing room and still they cheered. And still the floor boomed below us. It was impractical by now to do more, so Steve and I went back down to take a bow and wave one last goodbye. Only now did the hall begin to empty. Five encores, that's a first. I finally got changed and showered in the dressing room. Outside, there were still people waiting at the bus when I arrived in the street over an hour after leaving the stage. One of the young women said she works with young kids with psychological problems and that she found Brave to be an inspired piece of work. That's the second time in three weeks. Saturday, 19th of August. Poughkeepsie. The chance. By three o'clock, I'd probably got off to sleep. By 4.30, I was in that valuable deep sleep that not even the rumbling and rocking of the bus can interrupt. Tim Brickus however, was determined, and I was shaken awake to be told that this was the American border and we must all go to the passport office to show our documents. He gave me mine. Tour managers never allow me to carry my own passport. It wouldn't last a week. And I passed Alan returning from the office. He said he'd been asked to spell the word banana by the passport official. As I entered the office, Ian was coming the other way. He muttered xylophone to himself as he passed by. By now I was in the blackest of moods, having been disturbed from deep sleep and about to have my intelligence insulted by some border official. I decided I would spell imbecile, irrespective of whatever word I was asked to spell and irrespective of the bureaucratic consequences. I approached the uniformed official and slapped my passport down, assuming a confrontational yet bored pose against the counter. She glanced through the passport and waved me on. No orangutan. No Leicester Square. No success. Yacht. Or even a mouse. I returned to the bus and said, disappointedly, that I hadn't been asked to spell anything. Alan and Ian laughed. They hadn't been asked either. It was just a wind up. Bastards. I returned to bed and woke up at 12 in Poughkeepsie. Entered the Sheraton Hotel after the long drive south from Quebec and, to my relief, set eyes on a guitar-sized cardboard box behind reception. I checked in and they handed me the box, which I opened at the bar while ordering coffee and toast. The bar girl was already in conversation with bus driver Dave. They were talking about four hots and a cot, a phrase only understood by prison inmates. Keep your voice down, she was saying, embarrassed in case anyone from the management might hear. The phrase refers to hot meals and a bed. It would seem that when people get out of jail here, they get jobs in hotels or drive buses for rock and roll bands. My new guitar looked awfully basic at first glance, but I'm reliably informed by Wes and Steve R that Fender tellys are just that. I gave it to Wes to take to the gig and then went upstairs to check my room. The view from the window was a wide panorama of a woodland valley, dominated by two bridges, a suspension bridge and an old viaduct that spanned the Hudson River. The viaduct is quite a sight and at first glance appears to be of timber construction. I was later to discover that it is in fact made of iron, which was supplied by the British Navy at the end of the last century. There wasn't enough iron in the USA in those days to build such a project. The bridge had caught fire several years ago, which explains its black and brown colour and is now disused. I decided to go out shopping and took a cab to the Galleria, an out-of-town shopping mall. Like so many American towns and cities, there are very few shops in the centre of town. I wandered around the Mall, a characterless balconied Arndale centre of a place, and bought miniature sketch toys for Nile and Sophie and a handbag for my mum. By now I was hungry and I had heard a rumour from the receptionist at the hotel that there was a good little steak restaurant overlooking the river called the River Station. I hailed a cab which took me there from the mall. It was, once again, a beautiful day and there were lots of guys in boats enjoying the river and the sunshine. I sat out on the terrace watching people zooming about on wave riders, like motorbikes on water, and was reminded of my thrills and spills on the ocean at Virginia Beach a few years ago. I have a scar below my lower lip. I ordered steak from the friendly waitress and relaxed in the sun. Reading the menu, which gave me a potted history of the establishment and the surrounding area. That's how I found out about the bridge in the Navy. The river station started out as a riverside hostelry to accommodate and entertain the river traders. I imagined some sort of Wild West saloon on the river. When the steak arrived, it was as big as a pair of shoes, and I couldn't manage to consume more than half of it. I gave it my best shot, drank a beer and pondered once again that I couldn't really grumble if I dropped down dead tomorrow. I returned on foot back up the hill to the hotel, stopping to sign something for a young couple who shouted, ''Hey, Steve, we hope you're having a nice afternoon.'' When I got back to the hotel, I was late for soundcheck, so I dropped my shopping in my room and made my way to The Chance, where I was detained in the car park in order to sign a Dodge van. It belongs to one of our serious US fans and is black with various Marillion imagery, illustrations and logos meticulously and accurately airbrushed into the paintwork. Art on Wheels Inside the gig, the band was already jamming, so I made my way on stage and joined in. For once, I didn't get my wrists slapped for being late. Tonight is to be the last show of the American leg of the tour and everyone seemed relaxed and looking forward to the evening ahead. The chance is positively tiny and I can't really move much on stage without crashing into someone or something else. The audience are almost up my nose here, but we've been a few times before and there's always a terrific atmosphere. The show was to be a long one. I like to carry on singing until I drop when I know I'm going to get a break of several days afterwards. I can't remember how many encores we played, we just kept going. We were more or less doing requests. After the show, we returned to the hotel and partied in one of the ballrooms. I remember Mark doing the trick where you pull the tablecloth out from under everything. I winced and turned my back to the ensuing sounds of shattering glass and crockery. I can't remember going to bed, but I must have because I woke up in bed the following morning. I found a hotel exit sign on the hall carpet outside my room. I would have bet 20 quid it was something to do with Jack or Priv.
1: And we're back! I thought I thought you were going to hold your breath. One of these weeks, I'm going to leave it and see how long you can do.
0: <laughs> there'll just be a, there'll just be a crump in the background as I fall yeah. off my chair. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, that is that is a proper big section of diary. Oh. Um, um, I don't so, mind telling you, I'm exhausted. Anthony. I bet you are. I, I bet you're wiped out. Um, I'm a little worse. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's the same time you said that today. Have you ever watched Parks and Recreation? No. Is, but Mosley watches it. Is it good? It's, it's fantastic. I've heard him and, and
0: Susie
1: about it. Oh, it's brilliant. And there's a character um, uh, in that called Ron Swanson, and Ron Swanson is my hero. He's got this incredible moustache. He's just superb. Um, but there's a little horse in Parks and Recreation. Oh, is there? Yes. What? Little what? Sebastian is called. Oh.
0: What, sort of like? <laughs> Shetland Pony? That
1: kind of be. thing. It's just a mini horse. Right. And, and they all more go more mad place. for it, apart from one character who just doesn't get it, who just goes, well, it's a little horse, and everybody else goes mad. You'd have to watch it. <laughs> right. Parks and Recreation is well worth watching. All eight mm. seasons of it. Or seven or eight seasons of it. Well,
0: I've often been a little horse myself. <laughs> so I, I can completely relate.
1: <laughs> anyway, we digress. Well, actually, I digress this time. Yeah. Um, so... A lot packed in, including some spectacular encores.
0: Yes, where was that? That would have been at um, that was that would have been at the Spectrum and at Poughkeepsie um, yeah. Spectrum because of the incredible vibe and the fact that people refused to leave the building even after the equipment's been switched off and dismantled. Uh, and Poughkeepsie because we knew it was the last night of the tour, mm. so we could just keep going till we fell over. Uh, and so we did. So they, I think we did a great many encores at both. Well, I think I said in the diary I couldn't count the encores in Poughkeepsie. But um, in Spectrum I think we did four or five. I think it was the Spectrum where I was actually in the shower when um, Stuart uh, Every came up and said, y- you know, are you in the shower? And I'm going, well, yeah, I'm in the shower. he said, oh, you better dry off and come back down there. They're rioting. <laughs> <laughs> came back on in the uh, in the bathrobe.
1: I think it was five. I mean, I mean, what do you literally? What do you do if an audience won't leave? Is that all you can do? Just keep coming back on.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you leave them for you leave them for a certain period of time until you think surely now they'll have lost interest and gone home. And then you know, some member of the crew will appear and go. Uh, I'm afraid. Uh, Nobody's going, no one's gone anywhere. <laughs> People are refusing to leave and the, and the, the joint's jumping. So so then, of course, you go and do another one. But I, I don't know why it is, I've said this before, but our French audiences are incredible, whether they're in France or whether they're in French Canada, uh, in Quebec, um, there's just such a vibe for the band in those parts of the world. And there's such a heart and soul that they turn up with Um, and a noise they make which isn't just a a mindless noise it's it's all about heart you know and affection and it's so moving and we always had that going on the the spectrum was the first ever time that that i i crowd surfed you know i laid just lay down on the crowd because they were so full of love uh, all mm. night long and it just, you know, it felt like the right thing to do. I mm. didn't think, oh, I'm going to crowd surf. I, I just, in the moment, just felt like I should lie down on them and they just passed me round the room while the crew freaked out. Um, but it was lovely. It mm. is like flying. You can't feel, I've said this before, you can't feel the hands Um because there's so many, so it mm. it feels like levitation. You feel like you're floating. So, so what, what an amazing feeling.
1: But getting into Canada was a little bit more tricky. Was it getting in where you you were woken at four in the morning no, to show getting, your passport? Was it getting back? It was
0: getting out. Yeah, because you do the show, and um, if you're going back into America, then. You, you hit the border not that long. You only hit about an hour and a half after leaving uh, the gig. So you you finally get to bed at about 2 two in the morning or whatever, com- you know, completely knackered, and you're just into a deep sleep by about 4, and then somebody's banging on your head going, we're at the border, you've got to come and do passports. And you you really are a zombie at that point and uh, and as i said mosley and the light and i think it was the lighting guy alan parker they decided that as i went by they would both tell me that they'd been asked to spell banana and xylophone <laughs> 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 which made me really cross so then i was not only very tired but all but really indignant and almost up for a scrap with the police which is never wise no. Um, you know, and I'm waiting for him to ask me to spell, I don't know, necessary or something. Uh, I slapped slap the uh, passport down and hit them with a steely glare and then he just said, thanks very much. <laughs> I <was> like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you can't ask me to spell anything.
1: <laughs> Buggers. It must have ch- it must have taken you ages to come down off that. I haven't worked yourself up.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you can't get back to sleep. Sleep.
1: <laughs> Whilst Mosley's quietly chuckling, sting, three bunks down. coming through the
0: curtains. You know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got a dark side, hasn't he, your drummer? <laughs> he's a bloody scream, he really is. <laughs> And the other thing is you get your, well, it's a ten of two guitars because Wes loses his acoustic. Awful.
0: Yeah, it was a beautiful Takamini Santa Fe with all the inlays of Mother of Pearl and bits of, uh, what's the blue thing, lapis and bits of jade in it. I mean, they're beautiful guitars mm. and somebody half-inched it, which was such a shame. Um and nobody noticed. Everyone thought it was in the truck and no one noticed and it wasn't there. So um, poor old ways. I mean, as though mm. being as though being an opening act and guitar tech isn't hard and humiliating enough without somebody nicking your pride and joys. So, bless mm. him, he had, a, he had a really hard time of it for a few days.
1: Mm. At which point, of course, he's procuring you a guitar as well.
0: Yeah, as I said in the as I said in the diary, Wes handing me a guitar is a bit like Franz Klammer handing Eddie the Eagle a pair of skis. Um you know, I used to feel <laughs> I used to feel this isn't really fair, is it? <laughs> is it in tune, Wes? <laughs> yes, but what's the point? Yes. Thank you, <laughs> lovely. Um so uh Yes, yeah, I'd ordered that pink Paisley Telecaster, um, which I still have, of course, and treasure. Sophie wanted that in me will. She said, if you snuff it, can I have the pink telly? I said, yeah, of course you can. So I wrote that into the will. <laughs> Aww. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's
1: nice. Mental I think it's note, nice. no point pitching it... <laughs> for the telly. Move on.
0: <laughs> I think it's nice. <laughs> I'll never forget him. Oh, that's a nice guitar. Yeah.
1: Oh, it is a belting guitar, though. I mm. do like them. In both colours as well, because they make them in blue as well. I like, I like them in both They do, a both sort of finishes.
0: turquoise one, don't they? Yes. Oh, yes. And at one point they did um, They did a Fender Twin uh, amplifier top and speaker. They finished did. Finished in that same Paisley they did. Uh, pattern, which I don't yeah. have. But I... Um, Aziz, Aziz Ibrahim, his girlfriend, um, used to be in a, um, a band called The Fall. And I think she was actually in the band when the Europeans did The Tube. Uh, and The Fall did The Tube on the same episode. And I'm pretty sure that was her. And all these years later, I've got to meet her because she's a, he's his girlfriend, and she's got a pink paisley telly and she's got the amp to go with it as mm. well, which she always points out to me.
1: <laughs> well, I saw something the other day. They're now doing... So they do these, these custom shop um, strats and tellies where they distress them so they make <laughs> them look like they're old and battered, and they do one of those now with a bit of the pink paisley kind of showing through. Mm. As if it was been over painted or something. I'm not quite. And, and that that popped up on an Instagram thing the other day. So, and that mm. looked fantastic. Yeah, they're a good thing.
0: They're mm. a good. They are a good thing. I, I, I've sort of stopped stopped with the buy, with the buying of guitars a bit now because uh, I think I've got enough for someone who's so crap at playing them. Um but uh, the last guitar i bought was this uh, uh seafoam sea foam green um les paul and that's quite something um and i played that on the end of sky above the rain a few times live uh but that's a beauty and i haven't oh did i buy the oh i might have might have got that white fender jag after that I can't remember which way round I've got those okay. now, but that that sounds great. That Fender Jag. Um, so there we are. Yeah, so I've got we're... enough guitars. I nearly bought an SG. They did. They've they, they've done some new SGs with the sort of three pickups. Uh, very very seventies, um, like a white SG with gold pickups, and I thought, oh my, God.
1: slightly off white as well, almost cream. Yeah,
0: that's really. Um, oh. That's really, I don't know. There's, I can't decide whether it's in dreadful taste or really good taste, which is generally the line that I like to walk. <laughs> uh, so I was very tempted. to
1: buy. Well, if you ever want anything, let me know because I know a few people who run a few who, who manage a few stores. Oh, I might be I'll able to help that you out. In mind, Mr. Bear, it, Sport. bear it in mind, bear might it in be. mind. Uh, uh, the lads at Guitar Guitar will probably be able to sort you out and. Uh, Shout out to Belzy, the guy who runs Guitar Guitar. Um oh, well, let's
0: shout out to him. Even shout he out hasn't to Graham. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: Belzy, the, Belzy, you're a star. You're the man. Yeah, right. Okay, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up for sixty six. Uh, have you put any thoughts <clears throat> into the Krooncast? Perhaps I should do.
0: Uh, well, there's two options this week, and one is the. Um, what was it we called it? The dog the day before yesterday or something? What
1: was it? Yes, yes. We'll have to look. we we'll have to go back to the early part of the reel.
0: <laughs> was that it? The dog. Um, was it? I don't know. It was yesterday? something to
1: do. It was a hair of the dog reference, wasn't it? Oh,
0: the hair of the dog from the day before yesterday. The hair of the dog. The anyway, my, yeah. I might run with that, or yes. I might run with the obvious, which I'm not even going to name. Because no, don't mention be a surprise it. Surprise when I start.
1: Right. Perfect. Hmm. Do you want to count yourself in? Yeah. Go on then. Four. How's that? Perfect.
0: Well, if you ever plan to motor to West, Jack, take my way. It's the highway. That's the best. Get your your kicks kicks on Route 66 66. Well, it winds from from Chicago Chicago to L.A. LA. More than 2,000 miles all the way Get get your kicks kicks on TCD 66